to kids' first coming attractions. Before you go out and spend money on that new movie or digital media, make sure to listen to the entire show right here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We'll take you behind the scenes, interview celebrities, and review new movies, TV shows, and digital releases. Now, here are your hosts from Kids First Coming Attractions. Welcome to Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Tian Sermons from Delaware. Today we will be talking with Jude and Heather about Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Heather, about a week away, we will listen to Natalia's interview with Ruth Riggi and Ava Kolker from Sydney to the Max, and her interview with Jackson Dollinger and Kristen J. Simon from Sydney to the Max. We also will be listening to Dominic's interview with Richard Boddington and Zach Arthur from Hero Dog, A Journey Home, and Zoe's interview with Chef Brinka Lopez from Michelle Obama's Waffle and Mochi. First up, we will be interviewing Jude and Heather about Falcon and the Winter Soldier. All right. Well, I know this is a series that has recently come out. I know they had the first episode out. But just for starters, what is this series about? So this is six months after the events of Avengers Endgame, and we see Falcon, play, uh, who is Sam Wilson, played by Anthony Mackie, and Bucky Barnes was played by Sebastian Stan, and they have to face off against this villain who has haunted them in the past, Baron Zemo, who is played by Daniel Brühl. But we also see how their life has been impacted after the blip since they got dusted. Wow, that sounds like a really interesting story. No, it is. It is. It was awesome, and I, I'm so proud of Marvel. It was such a great series. Yeah, definitely. What were your thoughts on the movie? Uh, let's start with you, Jude, this time. Um, well, from the first episode, what we've seen, I thought it was really interesting kicking off. Um, well, it, it didn't start phase four because I believe WandaVision did start that. Uh, but it was just really interesting to see um, Sam and Bucky establish their current status in the world after um, after the events of Avengers Endgame. Um, so it was just really interesting to see how um, Marvel showcases that in a way. Yeah, yeah. I personally haven't gotten the chance to see, you know, some of the series yet, but it seems like a really great thing. And I know you guys kind of mentioned something about like the previous Marvel movies. So have you guys like been fans of the Marvel collection? Yes, I I know that Jude is because I always see his Instagram and he's always like posting Marvel stuff. So (laughs) it's so cool that I'm able to talk alongside him because I know that we're both really big fans. Yeah, totally. It's awesome. Yeah, I would have to agree. It is a really awesome series. So what do you think of the scenes in the film, like the actions, the characters, like some of the camera work? I think the production is really what you would expect from Marvel. I mean, they always go big or go home. We see like Falcon, the best way to start off this series is with him like flying in and taking action which is something that we never really got to see you know we saw hints and pieces along like throughout the series but now really seeing him and I love seeing Bucky as well like we haven't seen any action action sequences for him yet but seeing Sam in action by himself is like okay this is why he's a part of the Avengers he he deserves his place on the team. Cool. And what about you, Jude? I thought that it was really uh, interesting. Yeah, as Heather said, just uh, seeing like the Falcon dive right into the action, kicking off the show was just a great, um, 
it, it was just a way to grab your, it was a great way to grab the viewer's attention and make you want to watch more. And I thought that it showcased action like Marvel has never achieved before yet. Yeah, that sounds like a really, you know, great and amazing thing. <laughs> All right. So if you guys could sum up this series in three words, what would they be and why? Action, adventure, and emotional. Definitely. Like, on on Bucky's part, we see how his trauma has affected him from being the Winter Soldier and how he's trying to erase that. But then you have Sam with, like, his super cool action. And we see that from the trailers, how they're just diving head in into their sequences and their fights. Like, they are ready for war again. <laughs> yeah, I would definitely have to go with um, friendship, for one, uh, just because of how the show explores um the uh the the free the uh friendship between bucky and sam uh and i also do family because it also shows um the personal life of these super of these of these uh, of of bucky and sam which is interesting because you never really saw that before uh and of course like heather said definitely action because that's definitely something that that the show is focused on because it's a marvel it's a marvel uh, production which is always going to be filled with tons of action yeah i can agree that all the marvel movies are definitely filled with action and from just those words that you guys described the movie or the series from sounds like something that I would definitely want to watch, especially because I also love Marvel. So for my last question, what age rating would you give this and how many stars would you give this film? Five out of five stars. And I recommend it for ages 10 to 18 plus adults. How about you? Um, I would, I would probably say um, 11 to 18 plus adults, just because um there's a lot of action. There is mild cursing throughout the show, and um, and it deals with a lot of issues like mental health issues. Um, but yeah, I would okay. definitely give it five out of five stars from just what we've seen. Wow, that's really cool. I definitely will be checking this out. Thank you so much for talking with me today. Thank you. Thank you. You are listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today we're talking with Jude and Heather about Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Heather, about a week away, and we will be listening to Natalia's interview with Ruth Reagan, Ava Coker from Sydney to the Max, and her interview with Jackson Dolinger and Kristen J. Simon from Sydney to the Max. We will also be listening to Dominic's interview with Richard Boddington and Zach Arthur from Hero Dog, A Journey Home, and Zoe's interview with Chef Brinka Lopez from Michelle Obama's Waffle and Mochi. Right now, we are switching over to our interview with Heather about a week away. How are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing great. So just to start off, what is a week away about? So it's this teenager, Will, who he's a delinquent, and he is on the brink of going to juvie. So he is offered the opportunity to go to a Christian camp as a way to get out of prison. So he goes and there he meets Bailey Madison's character, Avery. And he, he, they, the two of them just fall in love and he makes friends and he, he learns about religion and God, but also feeling loved and what it's like to have a family. Wow, that sounds like a really heartwarming story. 
It is. And it's so beautifully filmed, like bright colors and beautiful cinematography of like the sun and the two of them dancing together because it is a musical. And I honestly love it. It's one of my favorite Netflix projects. Wow, that does sound like a really lovely film. So was there anything in the film that you kind of felt a connection to or personally just felt was really just awesome? I really loved how religion and how God was brought up. Like, it, 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 I really am, like, really re- religious. So to see them incorporate it so effortlessly and so cleanly, because I believe, like, it wasn't shoved in Will's face, but it was presented, and he did accept it, and he did accept being loved by this new friend that he has, played by Jabril Cook, George, and his mother. And it was just really nice. I love how the theme of family and God was introduced, but it wasn't pushed on top of Kevin Quinn's character, Will. Hey, I really love how Netflix incorporated it. Wow, that sounds really great. Yeah, it is. What would you say is the message of this film? I think that it is your past does not define your future because Will, he's like being held down by his past and he thinks that he's not good enough because he's, you know, he's robbed and it's it's a very, he has a checkered past. So when it gets out and people find out about what's happened, he gets scared that people won't love him. And Avery just totally proves him wrong. And so does George, like as a brother and, you know, as a love interest. So I think that I loved how he really comes to terms with like, okay, I let that go. Now I can be a new person and that's okay. Wow, that's a really great message. It is. I, I. It was really nice. And it was really innocent. Like, it was so much fun to watch. It's, even though there's so, so many heavy topics talked about, I think it was just a very nice, breezy film to watch, especially with other musical numbers. Right. So are musicals like a type of film that you're really interested in? Or have you not really got into musicals until now? I've always liked musicals. I like plays, but I love musicals. This film really reminded me a lot of like Teen Beach movie because they're like dancing and they're singing and it's it's a really nice, fun movie. And I love how the songs really do introduce their topics. And there's actually a song about God, which is really beautiful. And I was just dying for the soundtrack to come out so I could add it to my playlist. Like, I love how they really incorporated such great songs, which actually there are a lot of covers. There are songs that have come out years before, and now they sing it, now the cast sings it. So they picked wonderful songs for the storyline. Yeah, that sounds just really lovely, as I said before. I mean, I am someone who really loves musical twos, uh, musicals too, so I definitely can't wait for this to come out. I Definitely, definitely recommend it. I had so much fun watching it. Like, I just want to see it again. Yeah, that sounds like a really great movie. (laughs) So if you could pick a few words to kind of sum up this film, what would they be and why? Um, Really fun. I know this is like a phrase, but really fun to watch. Emotional Mm -hmm. and loving. It was... I think those are like the best ideas that come to mind right now. Yeah, that does sound like a wonderful movie. I loved it. Like 10 out of 10 loved it so much. That's great. 
So for my last question, what age recommendation and what star rating would you give this film? I give this film five out of five stars, definitely. And I recommend it for ages 11 to 18 plus adults because this is a definite family film. All right. Well, I'm excited um, to get a chance to see it. I hope that everybody else also goes and see it. Thank you so much for talking with me today. No, thank you, Tiana. Let's take a break. I'm Tiana from Delaware, and you are listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today's show is sponsored by Ooh, You're in Trouble from Tracks. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. To become a Kids First film critic, visit our website to find out when the next audition takes place. We hold auditions throughout the year and are always looking for kids ages 8 to 18 that love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to meet the talent that works on movies. We invite kids who live in or near any major city in the U.S., Canada, or the U.K. This summer, join us at our Kids First Film Critic Boot Camp at Temple University, where you can learn how to critique films, how to interview celebrities, and how to set up a home studio for next to nothing. For more info, visit www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to become a Kids First film critic? Register to audition and give yourself a chance to join the entertainment business as a young entertainment reporter. Hurry! Our auditions take place the first Saturday of the month via Skype. Help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. Join the Voice America Empowerment Channel every Sunday afternoon for the Empowered Kids series. It's two hours of programming geared toward our younger listeners and our young at heart listeners. We kick things off with Express Yourself Teen Radio at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern. Then keep up with your favorite movies on Kids First Coming Attractions at 4 Pacific, 7 Eastern. The Empowered Kids series every Sunday on Voice America Empowerment. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are tuned into Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Shh! Turn your phone off. Another film review or celebrity interview is coming up. Hello and welcome back. I'm your host, Tiana from Delaware, and you are listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. We've been talking with Jude and Heather about Falcon and the Winter Soldier and Heather about a week away. Next up, we will be listening to Natalie's interview with Ruth Riggi and Ava Coker from Sydney to the Max. Hello, I'm Natalia Jackson reporting from Kids First. Today, I have the pleasure and honor to catch up with Ruth Riggi and Ava Coker who star in the Disney show Sydney to the Max season three. Ruth Rigi stars as the title character of Sydney. Sydney is an independent, strong-willed, and clever middle schooler. Ava Coker stars as Olive, Sydney Reynolds' slightly irrational but highly supportive best friend. Disney Channel's popular daughter-father comedy set in present day with flashbacks of the 90s, which is set to premiere season three on March 19th. Congratulations to you both on another season. First off, Ruth. Thank you. Uh, first off, Ruth, 
um, congratulations once again. And considering this is season three and the audience has gotten to follow many wild journeys with Cindy and Olive, how do you work to keep the significance of the show while still highlighting new turning points for Sydney? Yeah, I think <laughs> um, it, it really has been three years for us as well. We've grown kind of as this like, cohesive family, the whole cast, and we have such a great team with directors and writers and, and everyone on the crew and everyone in the cast is just working so hard to create all these new storylines that have such importance and value and tackle all sorts of different dynamics. And it's going to be great. There's continuously new, exciting material that I think is really going to translate to people watching. Mm -hmm. It seems like you do guys have a lot of fun on set. And along with that, once again, Ruth, um, you guys are focusing on many important topics such as microaggression. Do you find it hard to bring the script to life? And what I mean by that is still bringing the comedy side of Cindy to the max to the table, but making it understandable for young viewers out there. Yeah, I think that Cindy to the max in its essence is this fun, loving, hilarious show. And it just has that energy. And I think that that still kind of plays, even though we are talking about a real important subject that, you know, holds so much weight and, value. So I think that that kind of still shines through, but it's important that we're getting to talk about these topics because they're real and um, it gives people watching an understanding that it does happen. They're not making it up and that we see it, we understand it, we experience it. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you so much, Ruth. And moving right along to Ava, better known as Olive, the extremely loyal friend we all need. What can you tell us about season three and your role as Olive? Olive definitely grows a lot, and you see this emotional side of her that I didn't know she had. Um, mm -hmm. and I don't know. We've never seen her before, and I think it's really cool that she gets to grow as a person, and we get to watch her grow and go through some really difficult experiences, such as divorce. Her parents, or I'll just say such as divorce, and since it mm -hmm. is a unfortunately common thing that happens in many people's mm -hmm. And I think it's really important that they talk about it and show that it's normal and that kids going through it, they're not alone. And it's a really beautiful episode. And, they, and Olive grows a lot. And you see a mm -hmm. lot of her more personal life. And you get to know her family a little better and just her as a person. And along with that, Ava, depth of feeling is what makes the show worth watching. Of the many feelings expressed in the show, with which can you relate to the most? And whether that's with your character, Olive, or any other character. Ooh. Um, feeling? I feel like I definitely feel the, in real life, the way I can relate to it most is how close everybody is in the show, whether it's Sydney and her dad and her grandma and Olive or Max and Leo. Everybody is so close and so loyal and just has these amazing, strong, unbreakable bonds. And I've been lucky enough to make a few of those in my life. And I definitely think that that is something that I can very strongly relate to. And Ruth. Can you share with us how Sydney evolves throughout the series based on her experience in season three? Yeah, I think her dynamics grow with, um, with Olive, with her dad, um, with her grandma, with everyone, but also with herself. She kind of taps into her own cultural identity, learns more about herself and um, what it is to be biracial, what that is for her and her experiences growing up. Mm -hmm. 
And lastly, Ava, give me three words to sum up Sydney to the Max season three. Oh, why me? You need to help me. Um, okay. <laughs> Important. Beautiful. Um, funny, so typical, but hilarious. Mm-hmm. And important hilarious and deeper because everybody gets deeper whether it's their character development or the relationships mm-hmm. or the storylines it's just deeper in the season and i think with your help well great job um thank you so much for speaking with me I'm Natalie Jackson, reporting from Kids First, and I just interviewed Ruth Rigi, Ruth Rigi, sorry, and Ava Kolker. And get ready for the countdown March 19th for season three of Disney Channel's popular comedy show, Sydney to the Max. You are listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today, we are talking with Jude and Heather about Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Heather, about a week away, we will be listening to Natalia's interview with Ruth Riggi and Ava Coker from Sydney to the Max and her interview with Jackson Dolinger and Kristen J. Simon from Sydney to the Max. We will also be listening to Dominic's interview with Richard Boddington and Zach Author from Hero Dog, A Journey Home and Zoe's interview with Steph Brinko lopez from Michelle Obama's Waffle and Mochi. Right now, we are switching over to Natalia's interview with Jackson Dolinger and Kristen J. Simon from Sydney to the Mass. Hello, I'm Natalia Jackson reporting from Kids First. Today, I have the pleasure and honor to catch up with Jackson Dollinger and Christian J. Simon, who star in the Disney Channel show Sydney to the Max, season one to the upcoming season three. Jackson Dollinger is like his character Max. Dollinger is a talented skateboarder and credits his skateboarding abilities with helping him land the role of young Max. Christian J. Simon stars as Leo young Max Reynolds, quick-witted, yet supported and level-headed best friend. Disney Channel's popular daughter-father comedy set in present day with flashbacks of the 90s, and the premiere is set for March 19th. First off, Jackson, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Happy to be here. I'm sorry. I just want to say, Natalia, that was so good. So good. Oh, thank you so much. Well, it's great to hear you're doing good. How about you, Christian? How are you doing? I'm doing good. Yeah, <laughs> that's good to hear from both of you. I'm doing pretty well myself. Thank you. First and foremost, Jackson, known as Young Max Reynolds. What can you tell us about season three and how does your character, Young Max, evolve? No spoilers, of course. Yes, I don't want to give away too much, um, but I cannot wait for viewers to see the dynamic between Young Max and Leo's cousin, which is Young Max's crush, um, Alicia, and see their relationship grow. And no spoilers, but watch out for our relationship. All right. It seems like there's going to be a lot of fun in season three. And along with that, Jackson, pretty much everything has shut down during the pandemic. How have you adapted to filming during COVID-19? Well, um, it's definitely different. Um, We have to wear masks and uh, face face shields. shields. It's crazy. Um, But I think we were all just so happy to be back. Um, We missed everyone. And it was really nice to have some social interaction after being. It's like a mini reunion. Yeah. It was nice for us. We were in the house for a while. I'm sure you guys made a lot more memories than you already have in season one and two. Um, Thanks for sharing that with us, Jackson. And moving right along to Christian, you are quickly becoming a household name. And you star as Leo, young Max Reynolds' best friend. What can fans expect to see different this season from your guys' relationship? Um, well, 
the viewers are really used to seeing Leo being funny and sarcastic, but I think this season they can see a different side of him. Um, this Leo will grow as a person and um, he will go more things as a teenager. So I'm really excited for people to see um, Leo and their relationship grow. And we touch on a lot of important topics, like you said, uh, fitting in, fitting in. Class. Um, also, we touch on a topic, microaggression, which is very important. Um, and in the episode, they do a really good job of letting people at home know what a microaggression is. Um, can't give too many spoilers, but it's a really great mm-hmm. episode. And it really teaches kids to stand up for themselves and know that you have a voice so you can use it. Mm-hmm. And considering we'll be seeing a new side of Leo, what, Christian, what particular core goals or skills were most essential that helped better your performance this season? Um. Eat healthy. You know, I'm trying to eat healthier uh, because <laughs> long-lasting energy. So that helps me. Um, and just sometimes bumping jacks in between takes kind of help me. Um, we kind of hype each other up. Yes, for so sure. That's some of the things I do. <laughs> I love that. And Christian, lastly, how did you prepare to take on your role as Leo this season compared to season one and two? Um, well, you know, it was it was definitely. Um, kind of the same of course because I'm playing the same character um mm-hmm. but it you know there was some different things this season because we're touching on more important topics um so I really had to just study even more um mm-hmm. about these episodes doing and really just make sure that mm-hmm. I'm telling the story way. exactly and to end our conversation Jackson give me three words to sum up Cindy to the max season three Ooh, I would say definitely relatable. Uh, hashtag relatable. Hashtag relatable. <laughs> um, for sure. And, you know, it is still a sitcom, so I would just say hilarious. 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 All right, I like that one. Hashtag relatable and hashtag hilarious. I love those two, my favorites. Um, well, thank you so much <laughs> for speaking with me. That's it for now. I'm Natalia Jackson, we're from Kids First, and I just spoke to Jackson Dollinger and Christian J. Simon, and you have to tell everyone to mark their calendars on Friday, March 19th, for season three of Disney Channel's popular comedy show, Sydney to the Max. Nobody wants to miss it. I mean, I don't. Um, so everyone, make sure to subscribe to Kids First YouTube channel for more interviews such as these two amazing young men. Thank you so much for speaking with me. All right, thank you. Let's take a break. I'm Tiana from Delaware, and you are listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today's show is sponsored by Ooh, You're in Trouble from Tracks. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. To become a Kids First film critic, visit our website to find out when the next audition takes place. We hold auditions throughout the year and are always looking for kids ages 8 to 18 that love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to meet the talent that works on movies. We invite kids who live in or near any major city in the U.S., Canada, or the U.K. This summer, join us at our Kids First Film Critic Boot Camp at Temple University, where you can learn how to critique films, how to interview celebrities, and how to set up a home studio for next to nothing. 
For more info, visit www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to become a Kids First film critic? Register to audition and give yourself a chance to join the entertainment business as a young entertainment reporter. Hurry! Our auditions take place the first Saturday of the month via Skype. Help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. On the Right Road with host Paula Phillips has arrived at Voice America. With remarkable heart and realness, this popular program brings inspiration, ideas, opportunities, and help to teachers and parents around the globe who work daily to guide kids on the right road in school and in life. Join the Right Road family of kindness, uplifting, and support. Tune in to On the Right Road, live every first and third Sunday at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are tuned into Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Shh! Turn your phone off. Another film review or celebrity interview is coming up. Hello and welcome back. I'm your host, Tian from Delaware, and you are listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. We've been listening to Natalia's interviews with Ruth Riggi and Ava Colker from Sydney to the Max, and Jackson Dollinger and Kristen J. Simon from Sydney to the Max. Next up, we will be listening to Dominic's interview with Richard Boddington and Zach Arthur from Hero Dog, A Journey Home. Hi, everyone. I'm Dominic DeGravi reporting for Kids First. Today, I'm honored to have the chance to be talking with some amazing talent from the new family adventure film, Hero Dog, The Journey Home. This one will tug at your heartstrings, keep you in suspense, and will allow viewers to gain such a huge appreciation for those who are challenged with disabilities. We have both Richard Boddington, the director of the film, and Zachary Arthur, who plays Max, here with us today. Richard has been making films since the age of 12. He's worked as a director, writer, producer, editor, and has traveled the world as a cinematographer. Zachary also started early in the film industry at the young age of six. Since then, he's been in a variety of films, TV series, commercials, and other projects. It's great to have them with us today. Welcome, Richard and Jack Zachary. Thanks for having us. Yeah, it's great to be here. Let's jump right into some questions for Mr. Boddington. You have directed several movies involving animals, including dogs, bears, wolves, lions, cobras, giraffes, and elephants. And you always use real animals, which is very cool. What is your connection to these kinds of films? Well, I think, uh, you know, I grew up in the, I was your age in the 1970s when uh, Disney made a lot of these kind of movies. And of course, this is long before computer generated imagery was possible. And so Disney always used real animals. Uh, and I just fell in love with that format of filmmaking, and I decided that as the world departed from that and started using, you know, computer-generated animals in all their movies, that I would stick with the old format of using uh, real animals. And uh, I've had such tremendous success with it. Uh, you know, uh, the smartest animal that I've worked with in cinema is the elephant. Uh, they're incredibly uh, intelligent animals, and... Um, the one key thing that I share with people about using real animals is that you can't program into a computer the unpredictability of a living organism. 
And so often an animal on set will do something that we couldn't have possibly written into the script. It just performs that. It, it does it uh, because it's a living organism and it doesn't know what it's going to do from one minute to the next. And so we've captured so much of these uh, amazing, uh, you know, pieces uh, throughout the collection, all my collection of feature films involving animals that we just wouldn't have had if we had used computer-generated animals. That's really true. Um, I'm a huge animal lover myself. Since we're on the subject of animals, what was your experience like working with Chinook, the dog who co-stars in the film? Did he have to go through any special training in order to follow commands? Well, all of the dogs that appear in my movies are what we call movie dogs. And they've gone through an extensive uh, training process before they come onto my set. And I audition the dogs the same way I do human actors. I'll ask, you know, we'll have the dog start from a distance from the camera and then we'll put a mark down and we'll call the dog to that mark and we expect him to walk forward and stop on that mark. Uh, we also expect him to speak on command sit on command and be extraordinarily well behaved and follow uh, all of the trainer's directions. So when, when people are watching a movie involving a, involving a dog star, what they don't see off camera behind the camera are the trainers giving hand signals uh, to the dog because they can't speak, obviously, while we're rolling camera. So the dogs are trained with uh, hand signals, and these are the very elite of elite uh, trained dogs. They do things that your typical dog living at home simply uh, isn't capable of doing. He did an amazing job in this film. I really enjoyed his role, to be honest. The next questions are from Mr. Arthur. I really appreciate the outdoors. So many of my favorite scenes were watching you put all your survival skills into play in order to save your dad. Do you consider yourself an outdoorsman in real life? Um, not really. No, I've always grown up in the city, but I always love when I go camping. And especially during this movie, it was so fun learning all these different survivor skills, like creating a fishing pole just out of sticks and everything that we just found in the wilderness. It was amazing. And um, make, even making fire from scratch. I felt like, like an outdoorsman, like a real outdoorsman. And so, yeah, it was super fun. Thanks for sharing that with us. Those scenes were fun to watch for me. You are listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today we will be talking with Jude and Heather about Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Heather, about a week away. We will listen to Natalia's interview with Ruth Riggi and Ava Coker from Sydney to the Max. And her interview with Jackson Dolinger and Kristen J. Simon from Sydney to the Max. We will also be listening to Dominic's interview with Richard Boddington and Zach Arthur from Hero Dog A Journey Home, and Zoe's interview with Chef Lopez from Michelle Obama's Waffle Emoji. Right now, we are continuing listening to Dominic's interview with Richard Boddington and Zach Arthur from Hero Dog A Journey Home. There are also so many great scenes in the film. Is there anyone that you can call your favorite? You know what? The first thing that comes to my mind is obviously the helicopter scenes. It was so fun. I've never been in a helicopter before. Um, there was one time we were, we were visiting Niagara Falls, and we did go in a helicopter that time, but it was, yeah, the helicopter scene, so fun. I really enjoyed that scene as well. Switching back to Mr. Boddington, I read that you traveled the world as a cinematographer. That's so amazing. I'm curious why you chose the Wilderness of Canada as a location for this film. Well, it's where I live, uh, for one thing. Uh, we do have a beautiful, uh, untamed uh, wilderness here in northern Ontario. 
Canada. Many people think it looks like uh, Alaska, but uh, it's actually uh, Northern Ontario. Northern Ontario is very unique because it's part of what's called the Canadian Shield, which is a massive area of uh, rock and uh, hundreds of thousands of lakes. Uh, it's a beautiful area in the fall as the fall colors uh, come in. Of course, as you know from looking at my background, I also shot two movies in, in Southern Africa, uh, which was also just fantastic. I love Africa and I love spending time there and shooting movies there. Um, so any of the... Uh, you know, the Canadian wilderness, the uh, African wilderness just make spectacular settings for movies, again, in an era where people are shooting in front of green screens uh, inside air-conditioned studios. Uh, my cast and crew are outside, uh, you know, with the, uh, with the elements. When it's hot, it's hot. When it rains, it rains. And, uh, and we deal with that. But that brings a sense of realism to these movies that uh, is often lacking in a lot of modern, you know, cinema these days. Well, I really think that viewers are going to love these nature scenes. Is there anyone who inspired you to create this film? Perhaps someone in your life with a disability? Well, it's funny because uh, uh, I came up with the idea just uh, the, the way all my films start is just a, a genesis, which is literally just a, a one sentence. And going back, like, um, say, eight years ago, when I made the first Against the Wild film, all I, all I sent out to my producing partners and the distributors was, it simply said, against the wild, two kids and their dogs survive in the wilderness after a plane crash. And that's all it was. And from that uh, came the script and the financing and the cast and finally the successful release worldwide of the movie. And it's amazing how, you know, for all the young listeners out there, remember that all ideas start as just one tiny little genesis, just a, just a small statement. And from there, it just grows. And the same thing with, uh, with Hero Dog, I one day came up with an idea about, you know, what would happen if there was a plane crash in the wilderness and the pilot didn't survive and the passenger was a blind man, it was just him and the dog. How would they survive in that situation where the blind man has human intelligence, but he can't see and the dog has dog intelligence, but he can see? To me, that, I just thought that would make a fascinating uh, duo who has to rely on each other uh, in order to survive. And as I developed it, 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 it you know, that, from that tiny little genesis, it became this movie, except it's not a uh, plane crash, as you know, it's actually a, a shipwreck. It was, wonderful. it was wonderful to see how challenges from a disability can be overcome while watching this film. Back to Mr. Arthur. There are some emotional scenes within Hero Dog, The Journey Home. As an actor myself, I know that the shift emotions can be difficult. How was it for you to do these scenes? Well, I think of myself as a Methodist actor, so I like to put my kind of feelings and emotions into um, the scripts and the scenes. Um, I kind of try to put myself into the movie in a sense. Um, you know, the emotions are easier to come if you're really experiencing them firsthand. And so, yeah, that's really it. Thanks for sharing that with us. You've been in a variety of films since the age of six. What was it like having a dog as a co-star? Oh, it's so fun, you know. Ikona, or Chinook, as you guys know. Um, super fun, super smart. He's actually a really good actor. Yeah, and we all got to know him so well, and it's just like having another little brother, but he's a dog. <laughs> I would love to take on a role with an animal co-star. Mr. Boddington. I love that you edit your own film. 
that is something that not many directors do. Tell me how that works so well for you. Okay, so when I'm making a movie, I'm using a technique called shooting the edit. And shooting the edit means that, you know, when you're working with one camera, what happens is that camera has to record every single component of the scene from multiple angles and from multiple fields of view. So the actors uh, repeat um, all of the uh, lines many, many times during the, during the scene. So what I do is I shoot the pieces that I know that I'm going to use in my final edit. Uh, then I spend about uh, five, six weeks um, putting it all together myself. I, you know, I work entirely on my own, uh, editing the entire film. But I know the footage so well. Uh, I know how that scene was going to go together uh, the way I shot it. So um, it, it's, I've been editing my own film since I was 12 years old. Uh, when I started with Super 8, I, I always cut my own film. Um, and I, you know, the, the next most important person on a film set after the director is the editor. Uh, he or she has the most power to make or break a movie. And a fantastic edit can save a poorly shot movie. That's how powerful editing can be. Thank you. Um, that's actually really interesting. Thank you so much, Richard Boddington and Zachary Arthur, for talking with us today. We really enjoyed learning more about Hero Dog, The Journey Home which will be released on digital, VOD, and DVD March 23rd, 2021. This is a great film, so don't miss it. This is Donna DiGario putting the kids first. Let's take a break. I'm Tian from Delaware, and you are listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today's show is sponsored by, ooh, You're in Trouble from Chat. Voice America is on your favorite smart speaker. If you have Alexa or Google Home, go ahead and give us a try. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast on TuneIn. To become a Kids First film critic, visit our website to find out when the next audition takes place. We hold auditions throughout the year and are always looking for kids ages 8 to 18 that love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to meet the talent that works on movies. We invite kids who live in or near any major city in the U.S., Canada, or the U.K. This summer, join us at our Kids First Film Critic Boot Camp at Temple University, where you can learn how to critique films, how to interview celebrities, and how to set up a home studio for next to nothing. For more info, visit www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to become a Kids First Film Critic? Register to audition and give yourself a chance to join the entertainment business as a young entertainment reporter. Hurry! Our auditions take place the first Saturday of the month via Skype. Help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. For teens, by teens, and about teens. Tune into the uncensored and unedited discussions with young adults on Express Yourself. Every Sunday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time and 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Smart, tenacious teen hosts and reporters from around the country speak up and speak out. Express Yourself. Visit the website for the show to find out more at ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. And check out the show on the Voice America Empowerment Channel every Sunday. Find out what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are tuned into Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. 
turn your phone off. Another film review or celebrity interview is coming up. Hello and welcome back. I'm your host, Tiana from Delaware, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. We've been listening to Dominic's interview with Richard Boddington and Zach Arthur from Hero Dog, A Journey Home. Next up, we will be listening to Zoe's interview with Seth Bricia Lopez from Michelle Obama's Waffle and Mochi. Hey everyone, today I have the perfect recipe for kids entertainment. Just grab some puppets, animation, live action, celebrity chefs, food, celebrities, and the key ingredient, Michelle Obama, mix it all together and you got waffles and mochi. So today watch my interview with Chef Bricia Lopez and let's get on into the video. If you wanna be great chefs, you have to learn about all kinds of different food. Hi everyone, I'm Zoe Canella, reporting for Zoe at the Movies and Kids First, and today I'm with Bricia Lopez, the queen of flavor with a unique sesson. Hi, how are you? Hey girl, how are you? I'm good. Um, so Waffle and Mochi is a delicious blend of animation, there's celebrities, cooking, um, it has, it's like the perfect recipe to make an entertaining show for kids. So what do you yep. bring into the mix? Oh my gosh, I bring a little bit of like that Oaxacan flavor and Mexican addition and Mexican representation more than anything. Um, yeah, and I'm just so excited to be representing not only Mexico, but also representing Oaxaca, which is such an important part of our heritage and our culture. And, you know, it's it's so beautiful to be able to see uh, more representation in, in, in kids television, which is so important. Yeah, for sure. And I think we're seeing a lot more diversity now, and I'm very happy to see that. And in the first episode of Tomate, I know um, my mom and I had a slight conflict whether a tomato is a fruit or a vegetable. Yeah. Um, and so do you think that the show is important because it kind of teaches kids about food? And do you think it's going to kind of inspire them to cook? 100%. I think that this past year taught us how important our kitchens are in our homes. I think that it brought a sense, a new sense of appreciation to cooks, to moms, uh, and really put an emphasis on family time and that dinner table conversation that we had lost, I think, in this country as a society. But I think more than that, I think it's really going to inspire an entire new generation um, of cooks Right. I think so many people are feeling more comfortable in the kitchen. But I think I think it's teaching us that kids can really feel confident. They can gain a sense of autonomy, of confidence in the kitchen. I always tell people that, you know, that feeling when you finish cooking and everyone has your food and everyone loves it know how good you feel right I I don't see I don't think it's any different than the same feeling as when you just score a goal or made a basket right I think that kids and sports I think kitchen is kind of like a sport in a way I think that it just it allows kids to be free to be silly to be super creative um I love to see my my son he loves the kitchen like he loves creating his new thing last he always tells me let's make something and and um even yesterday, he made a, a cake uh, for, for, for dinner. And it was just so cute just to see him just be himself. And I think that and it just allows us to, us parents to also let go a little bit, right? We try to control things all the time and just let go. And if they're going to break an egg, if they're going to put the flour all over the place, then let them, like, let them be. Yeah, for sure. And um, I, think, I think cooking is a good way to bring 
of families together. It's a great activity, and it's I. It's easy. some recipes are easier than others, so it's kind of a complicated trick. But once you get it, it's uh, worth it in the end. And I also love in your episode at the end, we could see everyone at the dinner table and mochi and waffles and everyone enjoying the mole. And I thought that was really special. And what I like about the show is that it's um, also very engaging for kids. So do you, um, how actually was it working in this Netflix production? You had a Michelle Obama. So well, I unfortunately didn't get to record with Miss uh, or Her Majesty Michelle Obama. I like to call her <laughs> because she's just like the most incredible woman in the world. Uh, I didn't get to work for her or meet her, but I think to just be able to be involved or just to be mentioned in the same you know production as she was, it's such an honor and a privilege to be able to represent Oaxaca and be able to represent Mexico. Um, with her is again an absolute honor uh, and like you mentioned I love the fact that at the end of making mole we're all sitting at the table because that really is what cooking is about it's about sharing it's about bringing families together and it's about just unity at the end of the day and bringing people together you are listening to kids first coming attractions today we are talking with Jude and Heather about Falcon and the Winter Soldier Heather, about a week away, we will listen to Natalia's interview with Ruth Riggie and Ava Coker from City to the Max, and her interview with Jackson Dollinger and Kristen Day Simon from City to the Max. We will also be listening to Dominic's interview with Richard Boddington and Zach Arthur from Hero Dog, A Journey Home. Right now, we are continuing Zoe's interview with Chef Bricia Lopez from Michelle Obama's Waffle Mochi. And with Michelle Obama, I think it, uh, she's really connected with people when she was first lady and now as well. Um, she always brings a smile to people's faces. So do you think that she's going to make the show even more engaging for like adults if they want to like watch with their kids? Because it is technically directed for kids, but I, I actually yeah. really enjoyed it while I was watching. I was like, oh, this is so cute. Well, yes, it is. I think it was made uh, with the idea that children would watch. But I think what I what I really love about this show is the level of respect that's given to kids. I think that more often than not, we look at kids as there's adults and then there's children, almost like a different species. But kids are way smarter than we give them credit for. They are so curious. And I think that it speaks to them with a level of respect. It gives them like, look, this is we respect you. And here's a show that puts us together in the same level, right? We're adults, but and we're children, and we're, we're the same. No one's smarter than the other. We're all here to learn at the end of the day. We're all beginners. As adults, we don't know a lot of things either, and I think that's why people love their show, because both adults and children can learn together in a really fun way. What strange things? We've seen stranger things than that. Oh, Stranger Things. Yeah. Then the mushroom. I just talking about food is making me hungry. <laughs> I love oh, making like cookies and brownies. And I usually make them for my mom and my grandma. And they. Oh, they I love like, that. Oh, I'm sure they love it. I can't wait until my kids like both get together in the kitchen and make stuff for me. <laughs> it's the best feeling too. And I want to make these matcha brownies. Hopefully I can do those soon because they sound really good. But I think Mexican food is also as colorful as Mexican art. Um, and with your uh, recipe for mole, you had um, chocolate salt, which I'm interested to see how that tastes. My mom says it's really good. So I'm going to take her word for it. There's also cinnamon, oregano, all these ingredients. So, and you also had to use um, 
Mojelquete. I also just won't taste the same. So do you think this is like a family tradition and do you think it's like the most iconic Mexican flavor that there is? Well, I definitely think that mole is one of those dishes that Oaxaca is known for, right? I think that when people think mole, automatically they think Oaxaca, they think Mexico. It's definitely iconic. I think that what I love about this show is that it really, it, 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 it breaks a stereotype that it's super complicated, that it takes days to make. It absolutely does not take days to make. It's definitely a project. And I think it's such a great way to do it with your family, but it also represents things like chocolate and salt as seasoners, right? It's not a chocolate sauce at all. It's something you just add to season and balance flavors, balance the sweet and balance the savory, uh, which makes really the perfect the perfect balance of flavors. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I was watching, I was like, that's chocolate and salt. I don't know how that would taste. But I'm all about also new food um, new food combinations. Yeah. Trying out new things. So I also like how this show, it goes like around the world. Um, you can see all different parts of the world and how they yeah. get their own foods. As like before, like how we were talking with diversity. So uh-huh. I feel like food should always be international. And that's how we get our parada. So what other foods besides, like, I guess, Mexican or something that's a little bit more out of your comfort zone do you actually really enjoy? Oh, my gosh. I enjoy food in general. Give me everything. Korean, Japanese, Thai, American, Southern American, you know, some good Southern comfort food. Peru. Oh, my gosh. Peruvian food is so good. Um, I honestly, I, I am all about every flavor and i think that's why i love living in los angeles so much because i have access to all of those flavors um you know like in my neighborhood so i that's why i love living in this in the city so much yeah and i i think oh there's actually a new mediterranean i live in florida but it opened up like around a mall that i live close to and i think it's nice to kind of um be more open to try new flavors of foods because i know some kids are they only like chicken tenders and fries but i this show can also teach you that there's like tomatoes they're really good some people don't like them but you can always find new foods that you enjoy i also really want to stop by your restaurant in los angeles oh um, please anytime you're here we our doors are completely open for you can you talk me kind of about your restaurant and how everything started yeah, of course. So Gelaguetza was founded in 1994 by my parents. It is now run by my siblings and I, my brother and my sister. We specialize in Oaxacan cooking, and we are located in the Koreatown neighborhood in Los Angeles. And you can order our mole, too, at um, store.ilovemole.com, and we can bring the mole to your home. And our doors are open now uh, for anyone that wants to come in. That's so exciting. Mom, we're going to have to buy some mole. <laughs> Um, I will definitely be doing that. I am so happy and that's amazing to hear. Thank you so much for talking with me. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed today's interview as much as I did. If you're a foodie like me or if you just open to try new things, make sure to check out Waffle and Mochi. It's super entertaining and I recommend it 100%. Make sure to check out some of our other Kids First reviewers and reporters on this channel and I'll see you in the next one. Thanks so much for joining us. You've been listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. To watch our latest reviews of the latest films, DVDs, TV shows, music, and apps, and to learn how you can join our Kids First Film Critics team, go to www.kidsfirst.org. Be sure to check out our YouTube channel and look for our reviews on Press for Kids, KidsWorld.com, and KidsVille News. 
This show is produced by the Coalition for Quality Children's Media for Voice America and iHeartRadio. Today's show is sponsored by Ooh, You're in Trouble from Tracks. I'm Tian from Delaware reporting for Kids First. Bye! Thank you again for tuning in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Now, you know more which movies, TV shows, or digital media to look for, or learned about the talent that worked on or off camera on them, and can make informed decisions about what to watch. Be sure to subscribe to our channel so you don't miss an episode, and tune in again next week.